Welcome back to Missing. I am Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I am doing fantastic today, Tim. Albeit today is Friday the 13th. We are doing this intro on January 13th. It's a Friday. I'm not that superstitious about this date, so I'm doing pretty well. Are you superstitious about this date? No, I didn't even realize it was Friday the 13th until you said it. Even better. In this episode, Lance, we are speaking about the tragic and unsolved murder of Sheila Shepard. Sheila was 22 years old when she was murdered in Saratoga Springs, New York, in her apartment. Um, This is a wild case. We went to Saratoga Springs in the fall of 2019 and spent some time with investigators Chris Callahan and Matt Wilson of the Saratoga Springs Police Department, and we walked the streets with them. And this is part two of our seven or eight part series that we're going to bring you on Missing. This aired originally on Crawl Space back in early 2020 but we have a lot of new listeners and we've never aired the video before the full video so if you want to watch this on youtube please go to youtube.com slash missing csm even pull it up on your tv because you can just watch it all right there and it's a mysterious case it's a really compelling mystery that is still unsolved and, and it's kind of shocking that it's unsolved really is. And I really love the fact that we're reintroducing this unsolved murder to the audience in a remastered form. This was something that we did in 2019 that we aired in 2020. And we want to bring that into the world of our new listeners. If you saw it on Crawl Space, if you heard it on Crawl Space, if you knew about Sheila Shepard from Crawl Space, fantastic. But if you're listening to Missing, look at this. Now you know about Sheila Shepard the only unsolved murder in Saratoga Springs, New York. And we were in the unique position to be invited by those detectives that you mentioned, Callahan and Wilson, to explore this case with them. Their superiors said, do whatever you have to do to bring some sort of conclusion to this case. They brought us in. We looked at the case files. They took us to the house where Sheila was murdered. They took us to the bar that Sheila was last seen at. We walked the route and we got a really good sense even though it was 1980, of what the town was like, and we got a really good handle on what the investigation was like back then and where it stands today. And if you have any information in the unsolved murder of Sheila Shepard, please call the Saratoga Springs Police Department at 518-584-8477. Tim, I've been getting a lot of people asking me where they can sign up for the missing subscription service, and I just misplaced where I wrote it down. Can you help me out here? Sure thing. You can sign up for Missing Premium on Apple Podcasts now right there in the app. It's $4.99 a month and you get every single episode of Missing ad-free. Plus you get our weekly bonus show. And if you're not an Apple user, you can go to missing.supportingcast.fm and subscribe there for the same product. Same product, same price. And where would one go? Because I think I had that on the same piece of paper that I lost. Where would one go to follow us on social? Listeners can follow us at Missing CSM on YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening, everybody. This first clip that we wanted to play is a news footage clip from back then in 1980, and it shows where the investigation was from the very first day, which, uh, sad to say, I mean, but kind of obviously, that it wasn't very far. A woman who lived next door told police that her daughter heard screams about 10.30 last night, but that report has not been further substantiated. 
Police admit this will be a tough crime to solve. We don't have any suspects. Uh, we're really at a loss for now. We're just doing a lot of footwork and trying to talk to the neighbors and find out uh, what the situation was. Who's seen her last? Who talked to her? Do you have any reason to believe that this was someone who knew her, though, or this could be a random kind of crime? We have no reason to believe uh, that statement whatsoever, whether it was a, a random situation or someone knew her or what. We don't, we don't know at this point. As the body was removed from the house this afternoon, police officials made public more details of the murder. Besides being tied to the bed, Ms. Shepard had been stabbed and a five-inch snake knife was found lodged in her stomach. An autopsy will be performed in the morning and police hope one of the most important unanswered questions in this homicide puzzle will be answered. The time Sheila Shepard died. Bob Lawson, TV10 Action News, Saratoga Springs. And then we hop in the car with investigators Callahan and Wilson and head from the police station over to Sheila Shepard's old apartment. And we mostly talk about the town of Saratoga Springs. But what an interesting feeling of anticipation as we were heading over there. First of all, to be working with the investigators on the case and just allowing uh, how they allowed us to be uh, there with them and they were open with their information and also uh, heading to the scene of a crime was uh, was something else. So I don't know if you can see the place on the corner up there. This is Gaffney's. It's got like some white uh, like Christmas lights outside. Oh yeah. That's that's the uh, the main stretch, the uh, name bar hub called Caroline Street. Okay. And then this street that we're on now turns into, into Putnam Street, which has got a bunch of bars on it as well. That's our or uh, like I said, it used to be called the gut, but the the hub of the downtown area, there's something like 15 bars in a three, four, four block area. The gut? The Yeah, the gut is what it used to be called down there. And there's actually, there's one of those old like historical markers. The historical marker says. The down, uh, yeah, down in front of the one bar that she used to go to quite a bit. So Broadway splits the, the city in half. So this is the east side, it's the west side, and the streets kind of run in a one-way direction off of Broadway, at least Broadway, and, or Carolina Phila, the next two blocks over. Saratoga got a lot of mo ur urban renewal money mm -hmm. in the, what, 70s, yeah. early 70s too. So downtown is, uh, it's come a long way, and where the, the hotels are over here in that big parking lot were like row house, like slums back before this, but changed a lot even from those videos where i sent you the yeah. the old news releases yeah. the stories you'll you'll see how different it looks from the uh, the footage a little bit they shot downtown this used to be a parking lot over here was a long building there used to be a train tracks you go through here back in the 40s and 50s but it was a bar called the hub and it was part of the uh, old train rail station they used to go through here there was a bar here that she used to go to i think we interviewed a couple people that was one of the ones that may or may not have been one of the last places that she was seen alive walking walking past that place. Right here? Yeah, uh, it'd, be, back, it'd be back, oh, the, back there. In the, okay. the building's gone, they tore yeah. the building down, but it'd be a place that she would pass regularly to get back to her apartment. Right. So you would take this sidewalk here where this building's going up. There was a, another building uh, at the time that was a uh, vocational school. That's where she was going to school. Oh. Like a... Uh, worldwide Enterprises, yeah, it was like a, a temp, you know, agency type type thing where they right. where they taught you typing and you know all sorts of secretarial type stuff. 
Sure. She was enrolled in. Yeah, 125 right here. And here we are now in front of Sheila Shepard's old apartment uh, discussing the details of the case. And just to describe the building real quick, because some of this kind of comes out, but uh, it's, a, it's a large building. I think it's eight apartments. That would be four on top and four on the, fir- on the first floor, so four on the second. And there are two fire escapes, one on each side of the building. And it's really sort of heart-wrenching to think about Sheila's uncle ascending those uh, steps on the fire escape, working the window open, crawling in, and then, you know, for the most part, having to crawl over Sheila's body, realizing that his his niece was dead. And then he has to go outside and prevent the family members, her aunt and her mother, from charging in to find out what's going on. And the fire escape is where her her uncle uh, ends up going up the fire escape when nobody can get in touch with her. She'd missed a couple days of school. And like we said, the school was right down here in the corner. That building's no longer there. It was the uh, vocational school she went to. She doesn't show up on Monday. On Tuesday, the teacher sends a couple of students to the, uh, to the apartment here to look for her. They go to the door, no response, but they can hear a, a radio playing inside the apartment. So then they come back to the school. They tell the teacher who then gets, uh, gets concerned. She calls, uh, calls Sheila's mother who then comes to the apartment with, uh, with her, her, Sheila's sister, sorry, Sheila's aunt and uncle. Uncle goes up the fire escape because they had told him she'll sometimes leave that open mm-hmm. for her brother to come, come into the house through the fire escape. He goes up the stairs uh, through the window, finds her covered with a bed sheet, ends up pulling the bed sheet back, sees that she's deceased, um, gag in her mouth, she's tied, says he covers her back up goes out the front door and comes down the stairs to head off uh, Sheila's mother and aunt before they can, can come inside the apartment and, and see her. And then they, they obviously call the police, uh, police from there. Initial patrolman goes in just to verify that she is in fact uh, deceased and then it's when the investigators are called to the scene. Did she live there with her brother? No, Sheila lived up in the, the front apartment up here on the, uh, the right side of the building. She was uh, enrolled at a vocational school that is, the building's no longer here, but it was down on the, uh, the next intersection at the corner. So she'd be able to walk right down the street to, uh, to her classes. That Tuesday morning, November 25th, 25th was her, uh, her second day in a row. She hadn't shown up at school. Uh, teacher was concerned, so she sent a couple of Sheila's friends from class over here to check on her. They went up the, the main stairs knocked on the, the door. There was no response. They heard a, a radio playing inside the apartment. And here's a clip from Sheila's teacher at the time. We um, made contact with her mother and asked if she had been out of town or whatever. And the mother took it from there, as far as I know. But we were concerned because usually everyone is here every day. One of, one of our people doesn't show up two days in a row. That's a pretty good sign that something's wrong. They came back to class. The one uh, friend said she didn't, she saw the fire escape, but she's wearing a dress, so she didn't try going up that way. But she goes back to, to the classroom. She tells the teacher, you know, we don't hear anything, no response. But, uh, you know, we can hear radio playing in there. Uh, Matt and I had talked to the teacher a few months back. She said it was, it was odd. She'll never miss class. She was a very good student, very conscientious. She's concerned, so she calls uh, Sheila's mother, who asks her sister, uh, Sheila's aunt, uh, Terry Armstrong, to come over to the house and, and check on the apartment with her. So 
Sheila's aunt and uncle show up here along with Sheila's mother. They go to the front door, same thing, no response, the door is locked. Um, they had known that this, um, sometimes the window was left open for, for Sheila's brother, apparently, who would uh, come to visit her at the apartment here. So Sheila's uncle goes up the, the fire escape. He uh, says the storm window is open, but the inner window is closed. He then, he sees something on the bed. The bed is right at the, uh, the foot of this window here. So he sees what looks to be sort of person covered with the sheet. He steps through the window, comes in, pulls the sheet back to see that she's obviously deceased. Um, said he covered her back up, went to the door. He leaves out the door into the main hallway, comes downstairs where he heads off. Uh, Sheila's mother and aunt who had started walking upstairs, they heard him scream or gas or whatever and he said you don't you don't want to go inside the apartment they all come back downstairs call the police in which uh patrolman first responder comes to the apartment sees that she is definitely deceased that's when uh, investigators are called to the to the scene um actually quite a few people were here the uh the commissioner public safety commissioner or might have been deputy commissioner the uh chief of police is here there's a big Big to do at the time, and then the criminal investigators are the scenes handed over to them, and they take the you know, the investigation there, start collecting evidence, obviously do the, the body removal, and start talking to, to everyone and anyone in town. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. So her brother knew that the window was sometimes left open. And her friends knew that too, that she was at school with? We don't know. We're not sure if they knew. I think the mother, when she came to the house and had the uncle go yeah. up there, I think she actually told the uncle that the window may be open because Sheila might leave that window open for my son. Okay. So he needs to come here and crash or whatever. Okay. What kind of crime was going on in the, at the time? I mean, was it common for people to leave their window open and, and you know, have that be known? I mean, it's probably not, I don't think people as paranoid as, as break-ins then as it was, you know, just growing up in the 80s, we let their doors unlocked. Yeah. Um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of security measures taken for stuff like that, so. Yeah, yeah I, I grew up probably about five or six blocks from here. And I know growing up, my father never locked our, our front doors, left his, his keys in the car on the street. So yeah. not, you know, definitely not, uh, you know, crime in an area, definitely not this type of crime, you know, yeah. certainly What's, unusual. What was the, um, this is a pretty busy street that we're noticing right now. Yeah, was it street. Is, has this always been a busy street, like um, known? It's fairly, this is, this is, goes into, it's, it's 9N. So this will take you out to like Greenfield, oh, okay. Corinth, out to the neighboring town. This is your one way out. Oh. Okay. Well, not your one way out, but it's pretty much the main drag. Yeah. Uh, off off of Broadway. This one, Van Dam, same. They kind of split. You can see where it kind of merges, and then everyone goes towards the hospital and out of town this way. Okay. And I hear a train now too. Is that the train, train always station? Running? Yeah, the train station. If you keep going, when you guys go to West Avenue, yeah. You make that left where this restaurant is. Across the street is actually the actual train station there. Uh, that runs down in New York City and then up to Montreal. That was running back then as well? At that well? time it was, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like outside the realm of possibility that it's a transient person who capitalized on this? No. no. You know, it's yeah, just... we definitely, they, that was looked into at the time of 
was this just uh, was this somebody passing passing through? Um, I'm sure you noticed Saratoga is right off of I-87, major thoroughfare. You know, it's halfway between Saratoga or uh, New York City and Montreal. Um, okay. We're not far from from I-90. You know, Albany, Schenectady, Troy. A lot of you know murder is more common in those areas that are not all within you know 30, 35 minutes from here. So we don't know if if she had come home with someone who did this or if someone potentially just went up that Exactly, yeah, we have no, couldn't say. You couldn't know, say at this point. Certainty for sure. Do you know if the killer used the fire escape? We don't. As far as the, the uncle testifies or tells us that the door was locked into the apartment. Yeah. So uh, the deadbolt. The deadbolt yeah, was, dead uh, was on the inside. So we're just assuming it's, it's either the fire escape or that door. And unless the person had a key to light the deadbolt on the way out, he's going to probably go out that fire escape. Right. Okay. It it looks it looks more likely that it's somebody that's known to her though, where either yeah. Yeah. like you said comes back with her that night, or she opens the door willingly for mm-hmm. for that person to then come inside the apartment. And now we're back in the car, heading back towards Saratoga Springs, sort of downtown area where there were a lot of bars. And so Sheila's life was really compacted in uh, about a mile or two uh, of proximity between the downtown area where she went to school and her apartment, and it was all walking distance. That's like a card and coin shop, but yeah. other than that and the pizza place, they're all um, bars, this whole section here. And which one's 13, right? This Saratoga City Tap and Barrel, yep. that's uh, number 13 Caroline Street. Yeah. That used to be a place called Sage's Casa 13, one of the last places that she was seen at on what is thought to be Saturday night. Saturday night is when the, the time of death was, was estimated to be, and then she's found on, on Tuesday morning. Right. Estimated time of death is Saturday night, and she's found on Tuesday morning. Yeah, yes. late, late Saturday night, early Sunday. That was, you know, from the coroner's report at the time, unfortunately, he's no longer alive either so we can't yeah. can't talk to him about how exact he is on that time and here we are on the street talking about the bar scene in saratoga springs at the time and i know it doesn't sound very relevant right now but saratoga springs is a really quaint little city and i had never been there before and i was really uh, i guess i had a perception that it was a much bigger city uh this is a place where it, it seems like everyone does sort of know everybody or know about other people. Yeah, and we also kind of touch on some of Sheila's habits at the time. I think it was Saturday night, but I'm not sure. You know, I'd, I'd seen her that weekend. Yeah. And so that's still a source of confusion. Oh, I certainly, guess. yeah. And like I said, the people, you know, the, the source, you know, a yeah. lot of these people are like, well, I was out drinking myself, yeah. so I can't, I can't remember exactly what time it was. I wasn't looking at my watch. There's no... No text messages back then. There's nothing where you can look at, like, well, what time did you last talk to her? You think and that's an important uh, clue, or uh, you think? Not I mean, really? the, the time would be would be great. I would love to to talk to the coroner if yeah. uh, you know if you were alive. Say, how sure are you? I mean, I know you're going off of pretty much the same science that we are now. You know, the lividity and the you know, rigor yeah. mortis and stuff like that. But you know, if it just it opens up all sorts of other possibilities if like well okay say she was killed on on monday yeah and not you know then 
people who have you know alibis or who weren't in town right. and that weekend like well okay well now if could have happened monday do they come back into play but from between the difference of fri either friday night or saturday night there's well maybe... saturday, saturday she's uh it's she's seen i want to say oh. without looking back at the, the case file i think it's her mother right sees her on saturday she's oh, walking okay. through the um, Congress, uh, Congress Laundry, I thought it was. was yeah, that? by the, the grocery store. Okay. And she has a, uh, what do you call it, receipt that we have from like a oh. Grand Union store. Oh, okay. And that was Saturday, like early afternoon. So, okay. yeah, it's, it's not a matter of whether she was alive on Saturday or right. not. It was more so people that say they saw her, yeah. you know, when, when did you see her? Did you see her Friday? Did you see her... On Saturday, cause was she? It was pretty common to see her around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I said, the one place that we showed you up there, that uh, 13 Caroline Street. Yeah. This place used to be called the Golden Grill. Uh, back in in those days, the uh, building setup is is really still the same. Mm -hmm. But this was one of her, you know, one of her, I'd say, regular spots. And she would walk from here home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that drive that we just did was like a minute. How long is the walk? Five minutes? Ten. Ten, ten fifteen yeah. minutes, depending on how okay. fast you're walking. Not too bad. Okay. And that's, uh, that's what, just before Thanksgiving, so the weather is not going to be terrible. You know, walking through here, it's not like January, February. Right. You're walking through downtown, so. Um, yeah, definitely, you see people out, out walking still now. If you go out, you know, on November, uh, November 22nd in Saratoga this year, you'll, I'm sure, see people walking all throughout the, the bar districts and mm -hmm. our... Our bars are open till 4 a.m., so oh. it's a it's a steady stream of people from you know the ones that want to get out before it gets really bad, right up until mm -hmm. I'm staying right till 4 o'clock, and then you know they see them walking home at 4 4:35 a.m. Yeah, it's, it's not uncommon for people to start their their night out at midnight. Yeah, right? you know, so you'll see them walking from from the surrounding area to the downtown area to the bars. Down here. Yeah, that 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 Thursday was Thanksgiving, or was it the Thursday Would have been coming up? Coming yeah, up, okay, yeah. yeah. So this is the weekend, right, the weekend prior to. Is it, I don't know if you know, like, is that a dead time around here? Do no. people travel a lot or people come here? No, so I, was telling, uh, I was telling Tim that definitely for the, the bars, that's one of our busier, you know, a lot of college yeah. kids are coming home. Yeah, yeah. The, the first time they're all getting together. And that Wednesday night before Thanksgiving Day, that's one of our busiest nights on, on Caroline Street there. They'll yeah. put extra patrolmen out. So fights all night long and just the, the lines are, are crazy even when it is like extra cold the time here there'll be lines out the door for a lot of these bars were was anyone looked into who might have been from from here but out of town at school who came here for the uh, for the thanksgiving break you mean that wasn't from here but then... or, or was from here and just and came back oh, came back yeah there, um i mean i i'd have to think specifically about who was talked to but i mean they talked to dozens yeah. of, of people of you know, they they talk to someone and say, well, you know, who did you know her to be friends with, or who'd you last see her with? And they go talk to that person and then give them, you know, yeah, I saw her with this guy or this this person whose name I don't know. There's a lot of that, you know, of yeah. reading back in the old case reports of, uh, yeah, you know, I saw her uh, saw her out with a with a woman. Well, who was the woman? Like I don't know, just some woman or some guy. And uh, there was one one of the last times that that we think she may have been seen alive was that Saturday night, a neighbor on, on Church Street coming down towards um, towards downtown from her apartment sees her in just a side profile of, of a guy or a guy from behind in a coat. 
So he's like, I see her walking with, with a man. He's like, I think it was a, a black male. He goes, I couldn't say for sure. I definitely couldn't tell you what he looked like. So I had to see, you know, from the side and I see a, a profile with a, a jacket, either mm -hmm. um, muscular guy or a really puffy jacket, mm -hmm. you know, I couldn't say. So no accounts from someone seeing her like Friday or Saturday and you guys like being sure that's a, sus or, you know, a suspicious person or anything like that. The, like, this, her being seen that Saturday afternoon, at, you know, walking by the, yeah. the grocery store, I'd, I'd say that's the, the last like real reliable where we could say for sure like okay that's that's her i mean her, yeah. we could back it up with something yeah. her mother's no security cameras over there no. not that time yeah nobody had anything really yeah significant yeah, yeah i don't even um i mean i i started here 10 years ago and there there weren't a lot of cameras then there was yeah. here and there a lot of these like on the the side here is like a city camera they've they've been put in the last what three Four years, you know, most of our downtown yeah, city-owned cameras, anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is the, the age of pay phones and yeah, and, and, and house phones, and that was about it. So, yeah. you were out and about. Nobody was getting a hold of you until you went home. The um, management or owners uh, have accounts of her in this establishment. Yeah, I mean, they they talk to the. Uh, it's different owners now. Yeah, obviously, and the, the guy who did own it is uh, has since passed away. But at the at the time, he says, "Yeah, you know, I, I she comes in here, and definitely, I, I know her. You know, she's one of our our regulars." But he's like, I, "I'm also not out at whatever time it was on mm -hmm. on Saturday that people yeah. think they may have seen her." But that that Saturday night, the the more consistent accounts that we're getting are that she's up at uh, the 13 Caroline that night that that's that's where there's a few different people that say you know and the the one bartender says yeah she was uh she was in here you know i remember seeing her and, and he was pretty confident that it was you know saturday night not friday night which probably is more trustworthy you, you think yeah. the bartender is going to be more sober than the, the bar goers you know hopefully yeah. <laughs> so yeah. here at the beginning of this next clip investigator callahan is talking about Terry, who is Sheila's aunt, Terry, uh, her ex-husband, who found Sheila's body. And then it kind of goes into uh, who else they've interviewed. We had done a lot of these interviews at the beginning, November, December, January, when we first got the case. And then we're not running out of people to interview, but it just, you know, it kind of dwindles when you're now having to go back and reread and try to find somebody like, okay, we haven't talked to this guy. Let's go right. track them down. He's this, yeah. he was still pretty shaken up you know 38 years later yeah you know, yeah he, he told me he goes you he goes you called me last night or yesterday to talk today and he goes i couldn't sleep last night because it just brought me back you know to that time and you know kind of like a you know ptsd of yeah you know the everyday person isn't used to coming across a dead body especially someone that your relative yeah, yeah. that you know